Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, where faith, family, and culture all collide with a biblical worldview. Your host for the Northfield Podcast is me, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of this broadcast today. Sit back and relax, and let's dive in together. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today, man. I'm so happy you're here with us today. So we live in a Christian parenting culture that by the process of elimination, we're teaching by example. Like that's just the bottom line is we teach by example. We may say things with our mouths, but how we live our lives and what we prioritize, we're teaching by examples. Here's what we're supposed to be doing. We should be leading our kids and showing them what it looks like to truly follow and love and pursue the God of the universe, what it looks like to love Jesus Christ. We're to show them what it looks like to love the church and to truly be committed to a local body. We're to show them that we love the word of God and that we study it and that we that we pursue that and long to um, be involved in God's word and be, have that engrafted into our lives. Um, Deuteronomy chapter six gives us a really clear picture of what it looks like to educate our children and what we should be doing as Christian parents. Um, when it comes to our children, it says uh, chapter six, verse five through nine says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. So there, I mean, there's, there's the first thing, what this is what Christian parents should be doing. By example, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your might. So you've got three things there, like soul, heart, mind. Like that's just like their might. That That's that's what we're called to do. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach these things to your children. These words that I've written, you shall teach them to your children diligently. You will talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on their hands, and you shall have fontlets between their eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, this is this is a very big picture of what it looks like to be a Christian parent. This is what you're supposed to do. Listen to that word. You shall teach them diligently to your children. So you're you're to teach these things. You're to say these things. You're to show these things by example, diligently to your children. You're to do these things. You're to talk about them when you sit in your house. When you sit in your house, you shouldn't just be looking at your phones. And look, listen, I, I'm I'm not pointing fingers here today because guess what? I'm guilty on some level sometimes of doing some of these things and I have to repent and I have to get involved and share and talk to my kids about Christ. Um, So this has been convicting for me in the process of preparing this, but like we shouldn't just sit in our houses and look at our phones or look at a screen or say, okay, be quiet and watch TV. We need to be sitting and talking with our kids about the things of Jesus now, now. While they're in your house, you need to be sitting and talking with them about the things of God. Uh, Number two, so when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, so when you go out out and about, about your day with your kids, man, use creation as an example to say, man, listen, look, man, that sunset, God created that sunset. And he's sovereign and he's king over all things. I mean, just small things. It doesn't have to be a giant Bible study. But small things. 
You walk about these things. You talk about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. When you sit in your house, when you walk by your way, when you lie down at night, and this is this is the time when I do this at best, is when the kids are getting ready for bed, we pray together as uh, I pray with my kids before they go to bed. Talk to them about the things of Jesus. Ask them how I can pray for them and, and, and just pray with them together. And then when you rise up, get up and thank the Lord for another day, man. Tell them as they walk over for school or getting ready for school. Hey, man, remember who you belong to. Remember you are a man of integrity. You're a woman of integrity. Pursue the Lord Jesus Christ with everything you've got. And then you should bind them on the doorposts of your house. You should write them on the uh, as a fontlet between their eyes. So this idea, Orthodox Jews had these have scripture to this day hanging down in front of their faces. Now they don't pursue Jesus, but that's another day. That's another podcast for another day. But I mean, the idea is you have scripture in front of you all the time. Um, we have Bible verses hanging in our house right now. I have different art pieces that have scripture engraved on them. Um, throughout our house because I think it's important to have God's word written in the doorposts in your home Um, to have um, God's word written out so that your kids can see it in different places and different avenues Um, I just think that's that's so important and we teach by example but here's the problem the stats are showing us something completely different in our Christian kids homes and man, here's the deal. I may end up being guilty of having to see one of these stats come true in my own home, but I'm praying not. I'm trying to be diligent and intentional about teaching my kids about Christ. The stats show us something completely just jaw-dropping. 80% of students who are in Christian homes are walking away from the church by the time they are a freshman in college, potentially some of them by this, a senior in high school. That should cause us to, to do some self-reflecting and say, why? Why is this taking place? Why is this happening? Um, and there's blogs and there's articles and there's books to attempt to address what the why. But the biggest reason is that parents are not truly living out Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. We have adults who are professing to know and love Jesus, but they act as if they're atheists. They, they really have no conversations with their children about the Lord outside of maybe an hour at church. And they're not even the ones talking about it. They're making the Sunday school teacher be the guy or the, or the pastor be the guy uh, that teaches their kids about Christ. They never really talk about the intentional, deep things of Jesus in their homes. Like, what does the word say in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today, you shall, they shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children. What are we teaching our kids? What are we teaching our children? Are we teaching them to pursue Jesus with everything, to make him the top shelf, top priority when it comes to our, our lives? Are we teaching our kids that that studying the scriptures is important? Are we showing them by example that we diligently open the word and, and, and read through it and study it together? Are we showing them them? Are we showing our kids that that's what is important? Um, are we teaching our kids that being active in a church is important? 
are we teaching our kids that church membership is a valued, important thing? Or are we showing them that it's just, if we've got time? Like, think about every other organization you're a part of. Whether it's a sports club, or a scouting group, or FFA, or 4-H, or whatever else organization that's out there in a child's world. If your child or you as an individual were only a part of that organization one to two times a month, would you be considered an active member? No, you wouldn't be considered an active member. You just like the people wouldn't rely on you and you would not be able to have the benefits of being a part of that organization. But the sad fact is that it's happening in our churches. Average churchgoers Make it to church around one to two times a month. Like, <laughs> that's it. This includes Sundays and Wednesdays. Church attendance is not now. Let me just let me just say this. Church attendance doesn't save us. But it is an outward barometer that measures what we view as priorities. If you are a part of any other organization and you dedicate more time and more energy and more um, resources to that organization, that's where your priorities lie. If the church is just something you go to for an hour and a half on Sundays, or you maybe even dump your kids off for Sunday school and then you don't show up till, you know, five minutes till service starts, it isn't, it is caught, not taught. Well, it's caught and taught that church is not a priority to you. So guess what? Your kids will not be dedicated to church when they get out on their own. <laughs> you know what they're going to be dedicated to? Your softball team. You know, you make the softball team a big deal. You make the 4-H club a big deal. You make the scouts a big deal. You make um, uh, your sporting team a big deal. Like, you, you mean, you're there for every meeting, every game, everything. You're always in. You're like, we're going. We're spending all the money. We throw all our cash at this, and we've got all this. Your kids will be like, you know what? Mom and dad were dedicated to that when I was a kid. And, man, we had, a, we had a blast doing that. So, you know what? I'm going to do that, too. But you made church this boring, just horrible time where you just uh, sit down, shut up, and don't say anything. Like, and you just be reverent. And just were cranky the whole time. Guess what? Your kids are going to, like, they see that. And you're oh, we only go once a month. So it's not that big of a deal. So not that big of a deal. You know what's really ridiculous is that in five years, your sporting team won't matter. Your kid's sporting team in five years won't matter. Your kid's 4-H club in a few years, it really in long term won't matter. I was in 4-H. I showed chickens. I was in 4-H. I had a little Henny Penny was my chicken's name, man. I, I got a little ribbon for it. I was in 4-H. My dad, had, we, we had a farm. But you know what? I'm 42. That ribbon doesn't mean a thing to me. Now, I don't care. What matters in 10,000 years? That's a question. What, what matters in 10,000 years? Your status with God, your soul. Did, did you have a priority of loving Jesus supremely? Or, man, i got to get my kid's badge. My kids have got to get a badge. Got to get a, a not-tying badge. i got to get my kid's trophy because that's, that's important. Guys, listen to me. You have to ask yourself the question. 
Does what your recreational sporting team, your organization is doing, is it really going to matter in eternity? Will that really matter in 10,000 years? And let's be honest, like, is it really? No, it's not really going to matter in 10,000 years that your kid get a, got a wood badge or a soccer trophy or a football trophy or a baseball trophy. Those are nice things. But what we've done is we've replaced the best thing with okay things. Because we want our kids to have, we've got to teach our kids the fundamentals of the sports. No, we don't. We need to teach our kids the fundamentals of the faith. The scripture doesn't say in Deuteronomy chapter 6, teach your kids diligently how to hit a ball. Teach your kids diligently how to uh, build a fire. Teach your kids diligently how to be a farmer. No, you're, the word gives us a very clear indicator here that says, teach your children diligently what it looks like to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's what the scripture gives us. What we're doing in the church, what's happening in the church matters and will matter in 10,000 years. And I know right now in this moment, you think, man, it, church is an important thing, but it's not really that. But, you know, I've got, th- I've got a life to live. Man, there's going to come a day when we're going to stand alone before the Lord God Almighty. And we're going to have to give an account for how we lived our lives and how we raised our kids. And man, that puts fear in me. And I, I'm, a, I'm a dad who, who tries to figure out ways to, to get my kids to understand the scriptures and to, and to pray with my kids. But am I, doing, am I doing it perfectly? No. There's days where I miss things and I don't do what I should. I don't pray with my kids the way I should. But that doesn't make an excuse that we just stop doing it or we just, well, I'm not doing it perfectly. So nobody's perfect. But man, we should strive for perfection. We should strive to pursue the Lord God Almighty above everything else. And I know the regular arguments. We can be salt and we can be light in the areas of our of our soccer team or our foot baseball team. We can be the salt and light out there in the world for our 4-H club or our, our FFA club. But are you really? No, you're really not. I mean, let's be really honest. Are you actually, as you're sitting on the sidelines in your soccer game or your football game or your baseball game, are you actively looking at somebody in the, in the stands going, hey, let me tell you about the gospel. Let me tell you about Jesus. Probably not. Like you're not saying in those words. You might go, yeah, I go to church. That's not sharing the gospel. That's not engaging culture. You're not actually actively talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ at those events. You sit there mindlessly watching your kid and you scream and you holler and you cheer for your six-year-old as he runs across a field. But I mean, you're not cheering and getting excited for the things of God uh, with your kids, you're not like, yeah, you memorized that Bible verse, man, awesome, let's do this. You're just like, okay, cool, you memorized the verse. But that matters. Memorizing a verse matters, and grafting God's word matters. Getting a getting a trophy, it's nice, but in ten thousand years, it will not matter. So that argument of, oh, we can be salt and light on the field. You're not really doing it. 99% of the time, we're not being salt and light. We're just sitting there like lumps on the log, doing whatever we want to do and paying attention to our kids' game and hope, and screaming at them when they don't get the ball or they don't hit the ball right or, or don't get the get the play done right. We're like, I can't believe you. What in the world's wrong with you? Like That's, that's where we're going with this. And here's why. 
We don't want to work. We don't want to rock the boat. We we don't want to be the parent that everyone else's parent thinks is crazy. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to truly engage on that level. So we remain quiet about the things of the of God, but we get amped out of our minds about a play. Like I said, I'm not against sports. I'm not saying sports are evil. They're not. They're good. But when we replace the best with a good thing, that good thing does become evil. It just does. It just does. It's been my experience that with people, um, if folks are replacing church with other activities, they are committing idolatry. They love the world. They love the things of this world more than they love Jesus. And just so you know, that ends badly for those people. Idolatry is considered evil and wicked. When you replace the worship of Jesus, when your team plays on a Sunday or a Wednesday and say, man, I, man little, little Johnny's got to be there to get that trophy. Little Johnny's got me. That was a rule. My, my kids played ball. But the rule was we don't play on Wednesdays and Sundays. Those are set aside for the Lord. Those are days we get we are committed to the church. We're not playing. But we got Christian parents, that, man, they're wholesale. Oh man, I gotta gotta have commitment to the team. Oh yeah, they do need to have commitment. They're not committed to the team of the church, but they man, they're committed to that sports team. Our utmost commitment needs to be to Jesus Christ and the mission of Jesus Christ which is primarily executed in the local visible New Testament church. And if you're devoting more of your time to any other organization, you are living unbiblically. You're sinning and you need to repent. I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. (laughs) There was a great quote Back several years ago, Matt Chandler said this. He said, there is data out there that now shows that kids are not being secularized at college by some atheist teachers. Rather, they are being secularized at home before they even go to college by well-meaning Christian parents who can't tease out the value balance between sports activities and the gathering of the people of God. So in other words, a ball game or some other activity determines the, and dictates how your family views and operates in the world around them and how they view church and church activities. All your other activities dictate whether or not you're committed to the church. What would happen if we said the church is going to dictate our church membership and our, our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ is going to dictate whether or not we're going to be a part of that sports team? One of the major reasons atheism is growing in the church culture is because fathers in particular over the last 60 years have placed a high regard on everything and anything. Sports, money, hunting, fishing, um, or uh, extracurricular activities, organizations, but the things of God, Bible study, church membership, um, praying with your kids, showing what them, showing them what it looks like to have a biblical worldview and be committed to a biblical community, that's mostly been ignored. Like think about what dads do when it comes to sports. 
and we get our kids out and man, we're teaching them the fundamentals. Man, this is how you dribble the ball. This is how you this is how you hit the ball. This is how you run with the ball. This is how you do these things. Bop, 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 bop. Run, 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 run. Do, 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 do. Go, 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 go. Achieve, achieve, achieve. But when it comes to the things of Jesus, man, we sleep in. We don't even try to get out the door on time. And because of that, we're seeing the fruits of that in the culture in which we live. Atheism is growing by leaps and bounds by kids that were raised in quote-unquote Christian homes. And because of this, it's had a trickle-down effect on children. So we are seeing children now not just ignoring the things of God, but actually becoming hostile towards the things of God. So the bottom line is that parents are choosing to show their children and that, that investing in a ball or a, or a gun or, or some other organization is more important than investing in the kingdom of God. And it's time that we change this, families. Christian parent, it's time that we wake up and take an active role in our children's spiritual development, our, spiritual, or our children's spiritual formation. You say, well, how in the world can we do that? I'm glad you asked. I've got three ideas as we finish out this podcast, three ideas how we can be better Christian parents and actually be invested. Number one, make sure you're committed to a local Bible-believing church. What does that look like? You and your family are actually committed and active in a community of believers. Not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. You're involved in that organization as thick and as heavy as you are um, in the organizations you currently are. Have other believers and church members in your home on a regular basis and show your children what a healthy, loving a church organization or church community looks like. A healthy church community looks like. Get involved. Have, I'm talking neck deep in a Bible-believing community of believers. That's number one. Number two, have time of regular family worship, family prayer, and family Bible study. This means that you take time to get on your knees and pray with your wife and your kids. Open the Bible in your home. And encourage and lead your family to do the same thing. That, that's what we need. That's number two. Make time to have regular family worship, family prayer time, and family Bible study together. Number three, be committed to living the gospel out in your city. This means actually doing something. Lead and encourage your children to do mission projects and actually um, do them with your family. This will actually have an impact. Commit to helping and lead others to Jesus Christ. Do active, regular mission work together. What are we teaching our kids? Like, what are we teaching our kids? Are we teaching our kids to make Jesus everything? He's all, he's the end all, be all? Or are we teaching him he's just sort of kind of an add-on? Are we teaching our children that we should be chasing Jesus above everything else? Or are we teaching that Jesus is just sort of kind of something we do on Sunday for an hour and a half? What are we doing right now with our children? I think this verse sums it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. Everything else. I'm not saying get rid of ball games. I'm not saying get rid of the 4-H club. I'm not saying get rid of FFA. I'm not saying get rid of the scouts. I'm saying... 
Make Christ and his kingdom the priority and everything else, let that fall in place after. Let everything else fall in place after Christ is the top priority. And here's the thing. When you're involved in church, like, have fun there. Like, Jesus is not some stuffy ogre. Like, I, like we, we get in church and we, sit down, be quiet, don't make any racket. Like, to a kid, come on. You you can you can preserve you can teach your children about the holiness of God without being a complete moron. Like you can teach your kids that Jesus has a sense of humor. You can enjoy church. You can enjoy the fellowship together. You can laugh a lot. You can have a good time in church. Don't be the parent that's like sit down, be quiet, don't make it, don't be running through the church like that. Don't be that. Don't be that parent. Because guess what? Your children are going to see that and they're going to grow up saying, man, church is just where you're, you know, you got the cranky old people. Don't be a cranky old person. Like Jesus is full of joy. Jesus is full of goodness. Like pursue that. Show that off to your kids. Show your show your kids that Christ, man, is joy filled. Be a joy filled parent. Don't be a cranky parent. Like, show that off. And man, I think that's how you're going to change the world. Parents, you got to make the priority church and Bible study and, and the mission of God. Christian parent, that's who I'm talking to. If you're a Christian parent and you've made the priority a ball or you've made the priority some other organization, repent and stop that now and make church the number one priority in your family's life. And when the church is your number one priority in your family's life, I'm telling you things are going to look different. And I know it's going to be a difficult struggle in the beginning if you if you have not been doing that. I know that it's going to be a struggle, but guess what? That is what is necessary. It is necessary and needed above all else. What, matter, what matters in 10,000 years is what you did with Jesus. What we did with Jesus, how we taught Christ. Um, you might be asking, what do I start? Grab a basic catechism. These are just questions you ask your kids. These are basic who made you? God made me. That's the answer. Next question. What else did God make? God made everything. And every one of these catechisms have a scripture to back it up. Why did God make all things? For his own glory. How can we glorify God? By loving him and doing what he commands us to do. Why ought we to glorify God? Because he made me and takes care of me. Just those are basic catechism questions. And I think that if we run through those things with our kids on a regular basis, those things are going to matter in 10,000 years. When they have that information, man, that's going to be more important than, hey, can you make the play? Hey, did you get the trophy? Hey, did you get the, get the ribbon? That, those are great. Those are good things, but they're not the best thing. The best thing is to know Christ and know him intimately. So parent... I challenge you, get rid of, the, make church the excuse as to why you can't be a part of any other organization. Man, I'd love to play ball with you guys, but man, we're committed to our church. We're committed to the local New Testament, uh, local visible body. That's what we're committed to. Uh, I just, man, I'd, I'd love to, but man, we just, we just can't do it right now. Man, I'd love to be a part of that, that uh, scout group, but man. It's going to take away time from church. So, man, we're committed to our church right now. I apologize. We just can't. And then, man, go neck deep into your church. And I'm telling you, it will transform your family's life. Love you guys.
Let's change the world. You guys need to check out my friends at Outpost Coffee. They have an incredible caffeinated beverage that will not let you down. The warmer weather is here with spring. Go get yourself a cold false trail or a warm vanilla latte. Like you can't beat it. I mean, if you don't like the fancy stuff, just grab yourself a house drip. You can't beat it. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. That's outpostcoffeeco.com. <laughs>